Good morning. Good morning. For those of you that are joining us for the first time, welcome to Making of Her Story. I am Crystal Farley. And I'm Heidi Solomon. Welcome to episode two. Woo! Last week we had on Nancy Pearson where we launched our first, very first episode for International Women's Day. Yes, she's a rock star. She is a spark plug. Oh my gosh. Oh my God. I I literally felt like a slacker. Yeah. And the, her whole story about how she was shy at one point, I think my jaw literally dropped open because I would have never guessed. Right. It's that like, that's not shy. possible. Never, ever, ever, ever. She was amazing. Um, and I think it was a really great kickoff because it just shows that there's always a, almost like a shock factor with everybody's story, right? You know, she's a, she's in politics, she's well known in New Hampshire, and She's very well-spoken, always put together, and then to sort of hear her be vulnerable was really exciting for me. I I thought it was pretty awesome. Yeah, I loved her story. I loved her story. In fact, I was so excited. I I was so pumped after that episode. I don't know about you. Were you feeling like super high? I was so rejuvenated. (laughs) I know, right? It was like, oh my gosh. And uh, so I called you know, my husband and my parents, of course, I was like, woo, we did our first episode of making of her story. It was so, you know, it was really exciting. And they said, oh, great. You know, I'm really glad to see that after 40 years, you're leveraging your journalism degree. Right. And I was like, oh, nothing like family to keep it real. <laughs> it's like a little, little jab. Yeah. <laughs> but, hey, at least Part of my story, it. I guess. There are some people that will never use their degrees. So. Never too late. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's something about the number. You have the degree you're using. That's wonderful. Exactly. Exactly. So, and speaking of wonderful, Heidi is wonderful. And I, I always talk about how brilliant she is. And, you know, being that we're on episode two, it's probably pretty important for our listeners to get to know the, the people behind the magic of making up her story, right? And so it is my pleasure and my honor today to actually have Heidi share her story. So... Um, today we're going to talk a little bit about um, who Heidi is, where she's come from, and the pivotal moments that have made her take some um, pretty impressive steps in her journey along the way of life. So I'll let Thank you kick you. it off. Well, you know, as I look back at, at my journey, um, you know, there's, there's, we could be here for many days, I think, talking about some of the pivotal moments that really have influenced who I am. But, um, you know, when I, when I think back at maybe one of the most important events in my life, it really was an event that happened and was something that I had no control over. And that was the fact that I was adopted when I was five days old and, uh, back can I pause you right there for a of second? Course. So when so if you listen to the first episode, um, Heidi and I had a Reiki session in my home, and I was privileged to give to give Heidi Reiki. But we wanted to get to know each other first before we um, actually went ahead with the session. And I I made a comment, and pardon me, I don't remember what exactly it was, but I said, "Wow, that was a moment that really had changed your life." Mm-hmm. And you said, "No, it was actually when." my last name changed to Solomon. Yeah, so... So that's why I thought that this was a really great place to start. I'm sorry to interrupt you. I just No, that's, that's great because I think that's probably the, one of the most important things mm-hmm. um, af, 
of this moment in my life, right? Um, you know, at the time I was adopted, you know, my birth mother was a single mom. Um, and, you know, at that, during those days, you know, one, you just didn't talk about it. And two, women were shipped off to unwed mothers' homes if they decided that they were going to keep the baby. And, uh, and that's exactly what happened to my birth mother. She was uh, shipped to Cleveland, Ohio, um, and lived for the last trimester of her pregnancy in the Florence Crittenden home and uh, gave birth to me um, at the end of August in 1959. And, um, you know, after, you know, after giving birth, she had made the decision that she was going to give me up for adoption. Um, she was very intentional in terms of the family, type of family and home that she wanted me to be in um, because she really wanted me to have a better life than what she could potentially have provided for me at that time in her life. And, um, so five days after giving birth, uh, you know, literally it was a private adoption through an attorney. The exchange happened in an office. It was literally this, you know, I'm handing you the baby. And then she went and signed paperwork. And it was a super traumatic moment, if you can imagine, for her. And, um, and to your point, with the signing of a piece of paper, I literally went from Jill Planchak uh, who would have grown up in, you know, with a single mom uh, in Sharon, Pennsylvania, uh, to Heidi Solomon that, you know, was with, you know, was adopted by this incredible family. Uh, we ultimately moved to California. I grew up to California and had every, every opportunity. I was so blessed, right? Every opportunity that I could ever imagine. So, you know, it wasn't something that I could control uh, or certainly didn't have control, but that moment, that signing of the piece of paper, and I actually, and we'll talk about this maybe later in the episode, but um, I had the privilege of meeting my birth mother and father many years later, and I got a copy of that piece of paper, and I still have it in uh, my files because it, it, it is, it, you know, it was the beginning of a complete transformation of who I was. Yeah, absolutely. Oh. I know, I feel like I want to start crying. <laughs> oh. <sighs> so, that literally, so like you said, and when you were telling me who you were, and because I've only known you before, now I know you much better, obviously, but I had only known you as this extremely powerful, resourceful woman almost a force to be reckoned with, right? But so if any of you are lucky enough to know Heidi or meet Heidi, she is absolutely, um, has an aura about her of power. And when she speaks, you listen, but she's also has the other side of the being vulnerable and absolutely approachable. And I think that that is what makes her successful in her professional life and personal life because she has a way of connecting with a lot of people as well as um, providing guidance and helping people craft their lives while listening to act and caring what they actually have to say. Um, and so when 
Heidi had shared that part of her story with me, I was, I, you know, I think it's, you end up knowing people that have these backgrounds of, you know, some people are adopted and they allow that to sort of transform them, not in a positive way, right? They sort of, I'm not worthy. There's a lot of things that can come from that. Did you ever experience any um, negative feelings when you would think about how you went from Jill to Heidi and your mother and that sort of thing? That's a really good question. I, I, um, you know, I never had animosity or anger towards my birth mother. In fact, I was in awe, especially um, after I had children of my own, uh, of the strength mm -hmm. and resilience that she needed to have in order to give me up uh, for me to have a better life. Um, I grew up, you know, with this crazy story. You know, I've known ever since I was, can remember, right, ever since I was little that I was adopted. But my parents told me that, you know, they had gone into this room and that there were all these babies and they walked up and down the, you know, the the rows and and then they saw me and, and they chose me uh, and they brought me home. So, you know, I didn't really know all the back story of the adoption for a really long time and so but what that meant to me that story was it was I was wanted right and I was sort of chosen and not in this egotistical way but it you know not a lot of you know there are some kids that are not wanted that are you know in bad home situations so it always gave me this incredible incredible sense of self-worth mm -hmm. Um, at a at a very at a very early age, of course. Later, I found out, you know, they paid for me, and it was adoption. I'm like, wait, how much did you pay for me? And I'm like, that's not enough, right? Like, really, really, you got such a bargain, right? But you know, but early on, you know, that was sort of this foundational um, part of who I was. And then the other thing is, is I never, and I and I know a lot of people who are. Or who are adopted that this may not hold true for them but I never actually felt as though I was incomplete what I did feel is that there were certain parts of me that I couldn't explain there was I was very spiritual in nature and yet you know I didn't necessarily come from that kind of background right um, so I as I grew up I began to think about the the intersection between genetic predisposition and, and environmental influence. Mm -hmm. And uh, I realized that I was I was definitely bo born with a genetic predisposition. I was athletic, I was, you know, you know, but there were just certain things that I was good at naturally that I didn't have to work very hard at, right? And and so that was just a part of my genetic makeup. But I think that environment takes that baseline of genetics and either enhances it or squashes it, right? And and it really wasn't, you know, I, I had this premonition that that was true but it really wasn't until I met, had the you know opportunity to meet my birth mother and father and my uh, half sisters that I realized the 
the real impact of genetics. Mm -hmm. And I think I had always played that down a little bit, sure. but it, it really does. It, it really <laughs> does yeah. make a big difference. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I, I think about too, uh, the intersection of, you know, when I think about, you know, H Heidi Solomon versus Jill Planchak, mm -hmm. right? Going down this, you know, at this Y, the crossroads of, of life, that, you know, would I, would I, with my genetic predisposition, have ended up being the same person, right? Even right. if I had grown up in two different environments, would I have, at the end of the day, ended up being the same person I, I am today? And uh, I, I don't know that I have, you know, a real good answer to that, right. to be honest. I, I feel like, yeah, you know, I feel like I probably, in a lot of ways, I would have, but my life experiences that also play a big part in our, of who I am and the building blocks of my life are really did influence who I am as well. So sure. I don't know. I, I, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Well, either way, you've come real far <laughs> and you're doing some awesome work. And so that being said, I know that we, when we had first kicked this idea around, huh. um, you know, we were talking a little bit about those pivotal moments that have changed who we are. So I've shared with you some things about myself and that was only one of many for Heidi. And so obviously for Heidi, that started her life off. I promise you, if we had hours and hours and hours, I would have Heidi go into so many other stories that I've heard that I can tell have influenced who she is even up until stories from last week. So, <laughs> right. Um, it never we, stopped. We don't have time for that. But I think, you know, when we um, first started toying around with this idea, it was really, you know, um, everybody has a story. We want to allow um, women who have been successful in a variety of ways. And success is not necessarily defined by abundance or money or that sort of thing. It's, you know, they have taken steps in their life to overcome obstacles or they have these significant pivotal moments that have allowed them to showcase some sort of unique talent, right? And Heidi, for those of you that don't know, it has been extremely instrumental in the women's movements in the United States. And so would you mind sharing with our listeners a little bit about your, your passion for women's advocacy and the work you're doing today even? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, it's always been something that has been really important to me. I... I've always um, felt very blessed and have been very dedicated to servant leadership and really focused on how I can give back or pay it forward. So, you know, even early on in my career, I was very focused on working with women, mentoring. I mean, I grew up at a time you know, and even still today in a very male dominated industry. Um, and it was tough to, to move ahead in executive level positions and there's strength in numbers. So, you know, there were few of us in executive positions, uh, you know, while I was, you know, while I've been building my executive career, but I realized early on that it was really important to build up other women and support other women and and uh, I was at a I was at a conference recently and I think one of the women on a panel 
that I was on said that she said that um, we were born with two hands, one to pull ourselves up and one to pull someone up behind us. Oh, I love that. I know. Perfect. It makes me really um, emotional sure. to think about that, but I, it, yeah, it was really impactful to me. And I realized that that was what I was all about. Uh, so it was something that came naturally to me, but I think over the last, you know, maybe three or four years, it's something that I've become a lot more intentional about. Uh, it was, you know, when the uh, current administration uh, was elected into office, uh, like many other women, I was uh, emotionally impacted and felt like I needed to do something. Uh, I got very involved with the Women's March. I was, um, I started the Women's March of Pennsylvania. Uh, we mobilized over 20,000 women to, um, you know, to Washington, D.C. We had many sister marches and we had an amazing team in Pennsylvania that, you know, pulled it all together. But uh, I also was on the national organizing team for the Women's March on Washington. I sit on the board of a lot of, you know, for the International Association for Outsourcing Professionals on their Women's Empowerment Leadership and Diversity uh, chapter. Uh, and so that's really focused on um, elevating the voices and, and um, you know, looking at diversity in the workplace and how to, how to move move the needle for women in my particular industry that I'm in, uh, which is, you know, which is technology oriented, male dominated. And so that's really important to me. And, um, and then, uh, you know, I just recently moved to New Hampshire, actually, uh, eight months ago. So I haven't really been here that long, but I was selected as the ambassador for Women's Entrepreneurship Day. And uh, we had our launch event last year was really successful and um, now I've just met this amazing group of women who are supporting me and be a part of my advisory board you you are obviously a part of that and uh, we're gonna have a you know another event this year which will probably be two or three times you know the original event so I really do try as much as possible to you know maybe it's where I'm at it's the stage I'm at in my life um, but it's all about paying it forward and giving giving back uh, because I've been very fortunate. I love it. I love it so much. And I love the work you do and I love love your resume. So you're just doing some amazing things and the world needs to know about it. So I appreciate you. you sharing that. Thank you. So before we wrap up, do you have any advice or any words of wisdom for the folks listening today? Always. <laughs> <laughs> I won't be shy. Uh, well, I think that uh, that women, and we talked a little bit about this with Nancy in our first episode, um, but you know, I think women struggle with imposter syndrome. Uh, it's something that I'm, you know, it's a concept that I'm fascinated by because, you know, I talk to many successful women who tell me, oh, I'm not worthy, you know, maybe they'll find out, if they find out who I really am, that, uh, you know, they won't really think I'm successful. And I, it baffles me uh, that, that women can feel that way. Uh, but 
so for for me and maybe it comes from you know the adoption um but i just i just feel as though in order to be successful you always have to be your authentic self and authentic authenticity um you know acting with intention and being mindful of what makes you happy is really important because I think if you come from that place, that really centered place of that gives you power, then there's there's no way to to not succeed. And success looks different for everybody. So you can't compare yourself. We talked about this mm-hmm. when when you know a couple weeks ago about you know you can't compare your story to somebody else's story and think oh their story is better or right. you know their um, because every story is different mm-hmm. and it's it's what makes you unique and special and so uh, don't question yourself. I love that. Hope everybody heard that loud and clear. The other thing, you know, that we had reflected upon after we talked to Nancy last week was that your pivotal moments are going to be somebody else's pivotal moments, and that is pretty incredible. So I always say, if anybody um, has heard me speak before, that you don't know who is going to be able to align with your story and what is going to resonate and how you are going to change someone else's life. So don't be scared to share. We all embrace vulnerability, and we want you to succeed. So be yourselves. Yeah, and I guess to that end, um, you know, we now have our Facebook page up. So if you'll go and search for Making of Her Story on Facebook, uh, like our page, we would greatly appreciate it. And if uh, you have a a story to tell or you'd like your story to be heard, we want to hear from you uh, so that we can feature you on our show. Absolutely. It's a global pop podcast. We are looking for a diverse audience. Don't be scared. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you very much, Heidi, for sharing. I Thanks, Crystal. Next story. time is you. Please. All right, it, maybe. Maybe. It, uh, <laughs> Have a good day, everyone. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you very much.